I would say I stopped at nine. I would say there's millions of things yeah, sure. people can expect. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me and my journey, the most amazing transformation is just self-liberation. And that's not being a victim of life and being able to be content even in the most turbulent of circumstances, right? I think people have a misconception that when you become emotionally intelligent, that you're not going to feel anger or you're not going to be outraged, you know, having these strong emotions that you're not going to have bad days where you're depressed. And it's like, no, that's not the case. But the difference is, you know, that tomorrow is another day and you say this too shall pass. And knowing that and being content within yourself is so liberating. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tranquil Turtle Massage. They are located right in the heart of downtown Coeur d'Alene. And Tracy is a master massage specialist and Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. Look, my wife and I go see her and her team every single month. And we walk away feeling great. Sore muscles are gone. We feel relaxed. You got to go check them out. Tell them I sent you for 25 bucks off your massage package. Also, while you're there, make sure you check out CDA Brows Body and Ink, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fiber blast, tightening, and PMU services. Tell them I sent you and you'll save 100 bucks on your tattoo brows or plasma tightening. Make sure you check out Tranquil Turtle Massage and CDA Brows Body and Ink at pnwmobilemassage.com. Brittany Nicole, you're an emotional intelligence specialist, certified NLP practitioner. You're an author, podcaster, speaker. You're also the founder for Catalyst for Change and Emotional Intelligence Magazine and so much more. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. It is my pleasure, Eric. I'm so happy to speak with you today. I'm so honored that you're here. I love to kick things off by going back a bit. Um, but you know, Where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Mm, okay. Well, so we only have 30 minutes. I'll condense it. I'll condense it. So I am from Salisbury, North Carolina. So I grew up on the lake. I'm an only child, grew up on 75 acres of farmland. Wow. And I'm also the only grandchild on my father's side. So I was around adults my whole life. And I had a very sheltered childhood. I didn't have a lot of close friends. And it wasn't until I was in high school that I started to realize that my normal was not the norm, right? The things that I was exposed to as a child that I dealt with with my family was not healthy and was definitely not normal. And it led to me being diagnosed with, gosh, generalized anxiety disorder, OCD, ADD. I struggled in school immensely. I was four reading grades behind my peers. And... There's a lot of other personal stuff that, you know, just to spare my family, you know, <laughs> having to hear that potentially later, I, I'm not going to get too far into it, Yeah. but there was just a lot of trauma that I didn't realize was impacting how I felt about myself and how I communicated to the outside world. And so um, I became a clinger and became codependent in my relationships, became a stalker girlfriend, like my boyfriend better not do anything without my permission. I mean, it was just, you know, I downplay it, but it was a really difficult life. And I hit a hard rock bottom when I was 22, 23. And I really had to check like mentally where I was, you know, at that point, I'd already placed myself in the hospital a couple times from panic attacks. And uh, so I started to look into psychology and started to read books. And what I started to practice and develop over time was emotional intelligence and awareness. And my life literally 
took a turn for the better, like night and day. Um, I no longer suffered from generalized, well, chronic anxiety. I got off all my medications and that's kind of what sparked me to pursue, you know, specializing in emotional intelligence today and everything else that's kind of stemmed from that. So that was kind of like a very small glimpse of childhood and how that led in to what I'm doing today. My gosh. Well, thank you for sharing your story. It's so real and raw. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, are afraid to come forward when they are handling or dealing with that stuff there. Uh, For those who don't know, what is emotional intelligence and awareness and how can folks grow in that area? Yeah. So the formal definition is really just understanding your emotions, the emotions of others and how they manifest within your body and the outside world. And then how to develop that awareness so that you can be more compassionate and empathetic towards yourself and others. But doing the work for the past 10 years, I can kind of sum it up in three words, compassion, curiosity, and understanding. If you have those three things, then it's hard not to be emotionally intelligent. Mm, Yeah. And and you talk about on your website that you have this holistic approach to Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. where you bring in kind of mind, body, and spirit there. What does that look like from the holistic approach um, side of things? Yeah, I think, you know, I talk about doing and being a lot, like the difference between doing versus being. I think we have been raised in a society that's do more to get results. And when I think of holistic approaches, I think about really spending more time in that space of being understanding why am I doing this? How does this connect with my values? How does this connect with my greater purpose in life, my beliefs? That right there is what sets the doers apart from those that are embodying and embracing what they're practicing and teaching. So that's kind of in a nutshell (laughs) what I mean by the holistic spiritual practice. Yeah. That's so good though. So good. Now you say on your website, there's, there's nine kind of things that people can look forward to when they're developing this emotional intelligence of those nine. Is there one that's more important than the other or, or what's kind of the one that you would say, Hey, this is the one that's probably going to be the best option. I would say I stopped at nine. I would say there's millions of things yeah, sure. people can expect. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me and my journey, the most amazing transformation is just self-liberation. And that's not being a victim of life and being able to be content even in the most turbulent of circumstances, right? I think people have a misconception that when you become emotionally intelligent, that you're not going to feel anger or you're not going to be outraged, you know, having these strong emotions that you're not going to have bad days where you're depressed. And it's like, no, that's not the case. But the difference is, you know, that tomorrow is another day and you say this too shall pass. And knowing that and being content within yourself is so liberating. So I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, so good. So good. Now, you you founded this Emotional Intelligence Magazine. You and I were kind of chatting before the the record button there. It's this one-stop shop for all things related to emotional intelligence. There's also a membership program there. Tell me about this magazine and and what's that membership plan look like? Yeah, So the reason that I started the magazine, it's very new. I just launched it in January, 2022. And it was because every time I Googled something about emotional intelligence, or I tried to provide my coaching clients with resources like articles and content, I couldn't find anything that went deeper than the surface level. Like here's the five elements of emotional intelligence. Here's why it's important. And here's what you can expect. It was explaining things, but it wasn't really getting down to the nitty gritty of how it works, like 
How do you process trauma? How do you develop that compassion? So I wanted to have a deeper resource for people. And I wanted it to span across leadership, education, parenting, self-development. Because when you think of emotional intelligence, most people who are aware of the term automatically think that it has to do with leadership. And it's not a leadership skill. It's a human skill, right? right? And so that's why I developed the uh, magazine. Now, the membership program allows people to take it a little bit further. And so what I'm doing is blending my topics from the magazine into kind of like a group coaching, very similar to what you do with your program, right? But it yeah. allows us to kind of have those deeper conversations. So every month we get together for 90 minutes and we focus on one topic and we go down a rabbit hole. And I just think that's the most fun thing to do, right? Totally. To really just unpack things. And then we have journal prompts and exercises throughout the week and really challenge each other in the group to be our best self and to kind of rid ourselves of that shame that many of us have felt in society, right? Yeah. Whenever we talk about our emotions. So it's like a shame-free zone. Yeah, that's the best kind of zone to be in for sure. <laughs> You know, and we're talking about skills. What, is, what do you think is the greatest skill uh, each human should master? Self-awareness. Self-awareness. How do they yes. get there? Hands down, huh? How do, how do they get there? How do they figure out that self-awareness? Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you how I got there. <laughs> it was a very painful way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I've always had the entrepreneur spirit. I started my first business when I was 18. Uh, I was a Middle Eastern belly dance instructor. Then I started another business when I was 19 and I was a photographer that lasted for about nine years. And I did a lot of wedding and marketing photography. So in that time, I was building my own websites and doing things. I was extremely egocentric and always triggered by people. And so I asked for feedback about my website and people gave me their honest feedback about things that could improve. And I just lost it on them. I'm like, you think you're a good photographer? Your work is just shit and blah, 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 blah. You know, I just went off on him. And that comes back to me now, realizing how unaware I was. And so what happened to develop that awareness was I thought I was badass. I thought I could handle a conversation and shut people down real quick. So I decided that I was going to record a conversation with one of my family members to prove that. I wasn't the problem. They were the problem. And I was going to prove how well I handled it versus them. When I hit the play button to listen back to that, I was appalled at myself. Mm. I thought I did amazing until I listened to it. And I realized how hostile, toxic, just unemotionally intelligent and unself-aware I was. And it was a huge red flag and wake-up call for me. So that's, that's a brutal way to find, a, you know, self-awareness or discover it, but asking for feedback, but you have to ask people who, you know, are going to be honest and not sugarcoat things, but equally not take their frustrations out on you. Right. Mm -hmm. So ask as many people as you can and start to see the commonalities there. Cause there's always going to be outliers. Yep. I think that's probably one of the best ways to develop self-awareness is just feedback from others and observing yourself. Yeah. And you have to be mentally strong if you're going to oh, be asking yeah. for feedback, right? I mean, it's so oh, yeah. important to have that and, and not take everything so personal when you're going through that. And you probably deep dive into this in your book. You wrote a book called the EQ deficiency. It's available on Amazon. What's the journey that you're taking readers through in this book? Repeat that. Sorry. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, no problem. What's the journey that you take readers through in your book that you wrote? 
Yeah. So there's a ton of books on emotional intelligence out there, right? And all of them that I've read are amazing. All of them. But a lot of them cover the same thing. And again, don't get to the why. Why are we a society that lacks emotional intelligence to begin with? Why is it not something that's integrated in our institutions and parenting and really any, you know, doesn't matter whether it's religion or schooling, doesn't matter. Why are we not being emotionally intelligent? Instead, we're being polite. We're being told what we should say, what we should do. And it's in these categories of right, wrong, good, bad, right? So in my book, I talk about dismantling those very binary labels and understanding that we've always lacked emotional intelligence, but we're just seeing more turbulence in our society because now we're no longer being polite. And I don't believe we're being polite anymore because we're so emotionally triggered and we have so many more um, like emotional stimulants around us now. We have social media, all the things we didn't have before. So it's easier to regulate our emotions back then, right? Mm-hmm. We just suppressed it or we went and gossiped. But now we're just putting it all out there. So I break down why we don't have emotional intelligence and how to correct for that. What are some things that we can we can start doing? Let me rephrase that. What are some things that we can start doing that allows us to really embody that instead of just running a script, right? Yeah. So important. So important. And, you know, there's emotional intelligence. I didn't really know anything about it until earlier this year. My employer said, hey, we're going to do an emotional intelligence test. And I think I scored really high on everything except for the empathy part. And I thought, well, that's weird. I feel like I have a lot of empathy, but maybe I don't. When you're like meeting with clients and people are joining membership, is there a, this common theme that you see where people are just lacking or, or what, you know, where, where, what are they missing as they're coming to you? Yeah. So first thing I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of EI assessments. And the reason being is because 95% of people think that they're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% are accurate in that. So think about it. When you're taking an assessment that asks you, how do you handle a certain situation? Many times we're going to answer how we would like to handle that situation, right? So it takes being honest with ourselves to get accurate results for EI assessments. So I just have to throw that out there that I'm not a huge fan of those for any employers wanting to do them. (laughs) If, if If answered correctly, they're very valuable. Yeah. But the challenge is a lot of people lack self-awareness, which is needed to answer and find accurate information within those assessments. Nice. Okay. I love that. So little, little (laughs) side thing. But um, I think the biggest thing hindering people from reaching fulfillment, from reaching self-acceptance is the shame that they feel when looking at themselves in their true light and nature. I go back to society again, right? Society has really condemned us from being honest. We say we want honesty, but the truth is when people are honest, guess what happens? You get punished. You know, like you get feedback that's not very pleasant sometimes. We see it all the time, especially in the sports world or in the political world. If somebody comes out and says something, people are just in an upheaval about it, but it's like they're being honest. Right. Right. So we say we want that, but we don't. Um, So I think we really have to start getting rid of that shame, that stigma of shame, because that is the biggest barrier preventing us from being able to accept ourselves and accept our trauma and process it effectively. Because until we do that, it's going to be too painful for us to do the work. 
right? Mm. You almost have to hit that rock bottom in order to crawl out of that at that point. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, I've dealt with that shame in my life. I came from the childhood, the trauma, like crazy, you know, broken home. I had to fight my mom's boyfriend when I was 13, battled addictions, jailed at 18, bankrupt at 21, like craziness. And, and, you know, and I had a lot of shame throughout my teenage years. I had this 10 year probably stint where I just didn't care about what was happening or who I was hurting or anything like that. And that shame held on to me for a long time. And, and then when I started to share my story at 39 years old, the weight started to come off my shoulders mm-hmm. and it started to open up more relationships. And I started to go, okay, cool. That was my past. It doesn't define my future. Yeah. Now I can kind of move on and through that. I, lo- I love chatting with other podcasters and you've got a really cool podcast. It's called living and leading with emotional intelligence. It's a great show. People need to go listen to it for you. What's, what was the drive behind starting a podcast? And, and then who's your podcast for? Mm, that's a really good question. Cause I started the podcast it was right after COVID hit. So it was more of like, this is a great way to socialize with people, have meaningful conversations. And if other people can benefit from it, great. But I didn't really have any other motives aside from, I want to have conversations with people. And if other people can benefit, then come on and join us. Right. And I think I've stayed true to that because when I interview people, I don't necessarily have an agenda. I hear them talk somewhere or I have a conversation and meet them. And it's like, oh, I just want to have a conversation with you and let other people join. So there's not necessarily a specific group of people. I mean, I guess you could say anybody who wants to hear honest conversations and maybe can find something that they can relate to. Because we talk about parenting. We talk about leadership. We talk about personal growth, trauma. I mean, we're all over the place on that podcast. (laughs) It's good, though. So good. Thank you. The topics that you cover, it hit hit home for me. I'm sure it hits home for a lot of other people as well. You know, through years, through your years of you know being in emotional intelligence and kind of being self-aware, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned? There aren't bad people. There are people that don't know how to process their trauma effectively. Mm. Yeah, man, that's good. That's good for sure. So as we as we're going into twenty twenty three here, what's coming up next for you? What are you most excited about right now? I am ready to take a break for the holidays, <laughs> to be honest with yeah, you. Totally. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. No, there's a lot coming uh, in the pipeline for the magazine next year. I want to start to collaborate with some amazing um, EI specialists and mental health specialists and start having Q&As and workshops for people to join and benefit from everybody in that field, right? Like, I, I just want to offer a smorgasbord of resources So there's going to be a ton of stuff coming next year. Um, Don't know what all that's going to look like, but we'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. Where is the best place for folks to connect with you on social media or websites? Probably LinkedIn. Okay. LinkedIn's my platform. I am not very active. Um, I mean, I have an Instagram for the magazine. And then I also just started TikTok not too long ago. So if you want more of the raw me, um, TikTok's the place for that, but I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's my go-to. Okay. Awesome. Now I'm a big music fan. So I love to finish the show with a, a music question. Uh, what's oh, a favorite type of music for you or, or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, I'm all over the place with music. Um, when I'm just working, I love to listen to just chill jazz music. 
if I am getting ready to take like a call or something and I need to get pumped up, I'll listen to Celine Dion. Um, okay. Come on, that's <laughs> that, awesome. You're probably like, that's a, I was not expecting you to say Celine Dion. Totally. But <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So imagine dragons, you know, sometimes, yeah. but it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be just straight metalhead. If, uh, you know, back in high school, it was all like Rob Zombie and Corn and, you know, death yeah. metal stuff like that. And then I worked for Universal Records for a year and, man, that just, they forced me to open up my, my ears to other music, like country and hip hop and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Now I'm kind of all over the place as well, but I still go back to my rock roots every once in a while. So. Yeah. And I love folk, folk music too. Like it's, yes. it's just really weird. I'm, I'm all over the place. Yep. Absolutely. One of my favorite uh, singers of all time, Sean Mullins, uh, you know, way back in the day had the, the lullaby song, right. Uh, but uh, it, I mean, just an amazing songwriter for sure. One of the guys that I, that I follow out there. Very Brittany cool. Nicole, this was such an amazing conversation and it's such an honor to have you on the show. You're an absolute world changer. Thank you so much Thank for taking you, time of your day. This was, this was truly amazing. I know that people are going to get rocked by this conversation. So thank you for taking time out of your day. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.